And as we come to you, we ask you bless your word. God, that you would keep us attentive to what your spirit is saying to us. Jesus, that you would move upon our hearts and help us to know, help us to see, God, what you are showing us in your word. And I pray, God, that your spirit would anoint this time and that you would use this time for all of us to to be transformed and our minds to be transformed specifically tonight. So, God, I ask for your touch. I ask for your anointing, God, and bless your word now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, uh, the kids had told us a while back about a show on Netflix that they watched called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Now, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's all about how this Japanese organizing consultant who goes, she goes into different homes that, and helps them like declutter their very disorganized, and I would say almost some of them hoarding looking, you know, houses. He goes into the living room, the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the kitchens, and organizes it all. Now, I was reading another article that many say, and I agree, that clutter can affect anxiety levels, the ability to focus, influence your emotions, and have an effect on our brains. Some neuroscience uh, researchers using a sort of like this MRI imaging and other physiological instruments found that decluttering in the home and at work resulted in this better ability to focus and process information and increase productivity. So uh, you can see decluttering cluttering (laughs) really helps here. And uh, Marie Kondo's decluttering mission, as she says in Japanese on the beginning of each episode, is to this spark joy in the world through tidying up. Well, you know what? There's another area in our lives that need decluttering, and that is our minds. Perhaps that's what's keeping you from having that spark of true joy in your life. While we return to the book of Philippians here, and Paul gives the criteria on what believers should allow in their minds, and that gives us how to declutter your mind. So that's our title, (laughs) Declutter Your Mind, Declutter Your Mind. We're going to be studying Philippians chapter 4 in just one verse today, uh, tonight, verse 8. Verse 8, and we're going to just do one verse, but we're going to go deep into this verse, and we're going to really take it apart tonight. So decluttering your mind, and we're only doing one verse, Philippians 4, verse 8. Now, there's four things that are going to help us declutter our minds. And this is our outline. Number one, think carefully. Number two, think correctly. Number three, think cleanly. And number four, think clearly. All right, let's begin here. Number one, think carefully in our outline. Declutter your mind is our title once again. And now take a look at here, verse 8. This is our only verse we're studying, but we're going to take it piece by piece. But in this first part, I want you to see the first two words, and then we're going to read the last four words in this verse. So, verse 8, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, brothers, and then skip down to the end, and it says uh, here, think about these things. And so we're going to take those two phrases in this first section about think carefully. 
We begin with the Apostle Paul writing here. He's the author, remember, of this book. And he says, finally, brothers, finally, believers now. And he's writing to the church in the book of Philippi. And he says, finally, now he comes into the last section of his letter here. As you know, we're in chapter four, the last chapter. And so now he's, he's beginning to just wrap things up and putting, put in these, these last things before he closes up to the letter. And the first thing he does is he gives this directive, which is really a command. It's not an option for believers. So he says, finally, here we go. We're coming into the last section, brothers, believers. And then he says, and at the end of verse eight here, think about these things. That's that's really the core of this passage here, that we think about these things. Now, the word think means to ponder. It means to rec- to reckon or to consider in the mind. So the NASB puts it this way, dwell on these things. The NLT translates this way, fix your thoughts. So this is the idea. We're really putting in a concentrated, focused effort on thinking, on considering, reckoning, counting these things as important in our lives. And Paul is really putting out this directive, an instructive directive that we need as believers to do these things. So we need to think about these things. But what are these things? Well, that's the list that is in between the sandwiches, finally, brothers, and think about these things. And that's what we're going to be going over in a moment. So Paul is saying and emphasizing, only let these kinds of thoughts that he's going to list have that prominent place in your mind. Now, I want to back up a little bit. You remember last time we saw that we are not to be anxious, right? But to give every worry up to God in prayer with thanksgiving and God will fill our hearts with my, and our mind, uh, minds with peace, right? That was the other, that was the idea we saw last time, the peace that passes understanding. But it is also important to not let things into our minds, as Paul continues here, that battle against that peace, that really steal the joy. Remember, this whole book is about joy, Jesus' joy, right? Joy in Jesus. And and so it's all coming together here. And one of the main things is to to control those things that that go into our mind. So it's vital to really to our spiritual stability to watch what we allow into our mind. We got to guard that. We got to guard the door. We got to watch what comes in. Because you know why? This is important. Because what we think affects who we are and what we do. In Proverbs 23, 7, put that on the screen too. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you think in in your heart or in your mind, really it's talking about both so is he. We become what we think. So it's so important about what we put into our minds. So that's why Paul is giving this. That's why Paul is saying this. And and this is this is our point here. Think carefully, as our heading is, think carefully for what you put into your mind will affect what comes out of your life. Think carefully for what you put into your mind will affect what comes out of your life. You know, in the world of computer programming and all that, there's a term they use called uh, GIGO, G-I-G-O. It stands for garbage in and then garbage out. 
And that is no matter how good the program is or whatever, inputting bad data will bring out wrong results. Garbage in, garbage out. Well, that's what, like Paul is saying here. We have to think carefully in what we're allowing into our minds because if you put rubbish into the mind, then rubbish will come out of your life. You know, Warren Wiersbe, one of my favorite quotes is this, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. So you can see in this quote, it all started with a thought, with what was in the mind and went into the action. The action went into the habit. The habit turned into your character and character, you reap a destiny. So think carefully, Paul is saying really, for what you put into your mind will affect what comes out of your life. Hey guys, tonight, as we get into this verse here, it's time to reel in your thoughts. It's time to filter out those things that shouldn't be in there. It's time to take control of your mind, not just let anything come in, not just anything goes here. Listen, this is where you must start in your battle with the flesh, in the battle with sin. Because this is how it starts. It starts with a thought. Then it goes into your heart and it sparks the fleshly desire in us, the old person, right? Resulting, you know what? In action, and that action is sin. So it all starts with the mind, the battles in the mind. It all starts with our thoughts. And whether this is maybe some sin of some wicked act or evil thing that you do or disobedience, or, you know what else? Thoughts in your mind can uh, cause you to react in doubt and in fear and not in faith. So don't think I'm just talking about, well, sin, I don't, I don't really sin. I mean, I try and obey God. No, but I'm talking about some issues of, of not trusting God or doubting the Lord or, or not really believing Him and all. Those things, they start up here in our mind. It all comes from what you allow to live in your mind. But know this before we go on. You can choose your thoughts. You can stop those thoughts. You know why? Because Christ freed you from sin. Because Christ died on a cross and rose again from the dead. And you don't have to think about whatever falls into your mind. We have that choice now and through Christ, the ability to say, no, I'm not going to do that. We have God who wants us to help us in our thoughts also. So you see tonight, right now, for you and I, all of you connecting, it's time to declutter your mind. All right, so first of all, think carefully now. Let's go on to this list now, and we begin with the first category, think correctly. Number two in our outline is think correctly. Now let's look at this next part of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. After it says, finally, brothers, it says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just. And we'll stop right there. So whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just. You know what? Think about these things. Remember to put that uh, phrase at the end of the verse because this is what Paul is saying. Now, Paul lists here three things to think on. Three things we need to focus on. And number one, he says, whatever is true. What does that mean? Well, whatever is not false, whatever is not a lie, whatever is not uh, dishonest, and those are things. Whatever is true, we got to keep in our minds. But you may be asking, well, how do we know what really 
the truth is. And we know that, right? The answer is the Word of God. The Word of God is our source of what is true and what is not. Jesus said in John seventeen seventeen, Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. So we know right here in our hands, in our Bibles, right here, this is the truth, and this is where we find the truth. So the first point I want to make here is think correctly by constantly keeping the truths of the Word of God in your mind. Think correctly by constantly keeping the truths of the Word of God in your mind. Remember, Jesus said that Satan is a liar. Then when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is what? The father of lies. That's John eight forty four. And remember, he is the one who approached Eve in a garden, and he questioned God's word. He questioned what God told Eve by saying to her, Did God really say that? Mm, I don't know if that's what he really meant, you know. God didn't say you're going to die if you eat of the fruit. No, no, that, that's not what it is. So already from the beginning, from the start, Satan comes in to, you know what, corrupt God's word, to bring in that lie, to mix the truth, the lie a lot of times. And he's a father of lies. He's a liar, Jesus said. And so he, all lies, all untruth comes from that. But you know what? The Holy Spirit comes to us to teach us the truth of the word. Jesus talked about that too. So, who are you going to listen to, right? Will you? Who are you going to allow to influence your mind, right? The spirit or Satan? So that's why we have to think correctly by constantly keeping the truths of the Word of God in our minds. Now, do you see now why it's so important to read the Bible? Do you see why it's so important that we study the Word of God? That's what we do on Sundays. That's what we do Wednesday night. Hopefully you're doing that on your own too. But we need to learn because we need to understand what is the Word saying? What is God's truth? What is His principles? What's these truths about Him, about salvation, about who I am now in Christ? So you understand what sin is, all of that. We need to see the truth of it and know it from the Word of God. Perhaps maybe you've been listening to the lies of Satan And that's what's been living inside your head. Perhaps that's what's been leading you astray. You know how to get back on track? You know how to get your thinking back? Fill your mind with the Word. John MacArthur wrote, Thinking on whatever is true means reading, analyzing, and meditating on the Word of God. You see that? Meditating. It's good to put your mind and fill your mind with the word of God. All right, well, the second thing here that next Paul lists, look at here in verse 8 again, whatever is honorable, think about these things, right? So the second thing he says is honorable. Whatever's honorable, put that into your mind. Now the word honorable in the original language means like noble, dignified, it means like worthy of respect. In other words, think thoughts that Honor God, basically. Now, I think that all that we see in this list here in verse 8, all of it, all, all, everything listed here is going to honor God. It, it, it will honor God. But I believe that one of the highest ways to honor God is to think right thoughts 
about who he is. Do you understand what I'm saying here? We can get mixed up and get false thoughts in the world as false and wrong thoughts of God because of Satan and his lies. But our mind should see God for who he is and what we find in the word. Who he is in all his holy attributes, in his character. Which, you know what? It actually brings us this attitude of worship. That mindset will bring a right attitude uh, as we have a right view of God, of who He is, is going to bring us into this, this attitude of worship. The Greek word honorable actually comes from a word now, is derived from a word that means to reveal, revere, or to worship. So our second point is this. Think correctly by honoring God with an accurate view of his attributes in mind. And so I want to focus in on that. Of course, we can honor God in many ways in our thoughts, but I really want to focus in on the truth. And that's what led me to think this, that perhaps Paul may be probably pushing this, but think correctly by honoring God with an accurate view of his attributes in your mind. Did you know that many of the founding fathers were what you call deists? They believe in deism. They believe that God is the creator, but he is not involved in his creation. The idea is like God created everything, but then he just let it run its course. But he's not really intimately involved. Well, that's not true. We see in the Bible, in every story in the Bible, matter of fact, even Jesus coming to earth and dealing with the disciples and, and what we study in the Word of God, we find that, no, it's the opposite. God is intimately involved with His creation. All things consist, right? Only because of God. He's holding everything together. He's the Father who feeds the birds, right, and keeps them alive. God is intimately involved in his creation. So the deists, what they think and what they're saying, it's it's the wrong thinking of God. And I'll tell you what, that dishonors him. That's the kind of things we don't want to have living in our head. You know, I know I dishonor God when I complain to him, right? About not working in my life like I think he should be. Yeah, And, and, and in a way, I'm saying, you know, I, I doubt that he's that kind of God that he can or that he even cares. And, you know, he's probably not involved in my life kind of thing. That, those kind of thoughts should not be in your mind. Sometimes people say, oh, God loves you more, more, more than me, you know, because, hey, you, you're blessed and I'm not. And, and sometimes we joke in that way, too. But if you really think that way, that's the wrong kind of thinking because the Father loves all his children equally. It's not like he has some favorites and he doesn't have some other favorites, you know, kind of thing. No, Jesus died on a cross for all of our sins and through his death and resurrection, we have his righteousness. We're right with God and we're all going to heaven and he loves us the same. That's the things we need to keep in our mind to honor God. We shouldn't think any other way in things that aren't true of God and aren't true of what we find in the word. We should not think those kinds of thoughts about God. All right, the third thing here now in this section is whatever is just whatever is just think about these things so that's number three here just here means righteous or 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 whatever is right before god as a believer we must not think like like the world basically uh we 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 need to keep god's principles 
in mind. That, that's really the idea. Whatever's righteous, whatever's right, his principles, what we need to do, follow him. Now, the, the world is against God, right? First John talks about. And our flesh is too. Uh, on top of that, right, we came out of the world, so we need to change our thinking from what, to God's principles and not what the world thinks is right. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I think that's on the screen, right? <laughs> Romans 12, 2. <laughs> but notice it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We want to transform our minds. We want to be renewed in our minds. So here's our point anyway. Now, our third point here is think correctly by approving thoughts consistent with God's principles in your mind. So think correctly by approving thoughts consistent with God's principles in your mind. That, that's how it should line up. That's how it, it should be in your mind. The things in your mind, it should be consistent with God's principles. Those are the things that help us think correctly. You know, I, I, I think about how our society has changed so much. Now, I remember reading uh, in the past years ago, you know, before I was born, running in the halls at school and chewing gum in class. That was the biggest problems, right, back in like the 50s, right? What's today? Oh, the biggest problems is drugs in the hall, not running in a hall, and, and guns brought into class. I mean, things have changed so much. Society has changed so much. And, and I know my wife and I talk about, wow, Look how much darker it's uh, become. Uh, look how much farther they, it's drifted society away from biblical principles. And, and, and so uh, we have to be careful what influences us. we got to think correctly by approving those thoughts that, that will, are consistent to God's principles in our mind. Because there's so much out there in the world trying to get in. There's so much things we see every day. So what is in your minds? I mean, things have changed in society and it's moved so fast that we have to, be wa we have to watch out and guard our minds to what, what we're proving to come in and what we're supporting to say, you know, it, it's okay. But maybe there's things going in there and sometimes we, 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 we allow some things and, and we say, well, I'm okay with that. Ah, that, that's okay. You know, it, it can live in there. But we are not to think like the world, but think the way God wants us to think. So renew your mind, Romans 12, 2. All right, we got to declutter your mind. And we got to think carefully. We got to think correctly. And number three, we have to think cleanly. We got to think cleanly. Now we go on here in this next section. We're going to take... A look at two things in this list in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And the next part, it says here, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. And we'll stop there. So whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think about these things. Now, let's take a look at these two things. Two more things in this section about 
think cleanly. Number one, first of all, is whatever is pure. The word there means like free from contamination or free from blemish. And so the idea is, is to not to think thoughts that are not, you know, uh, 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 impure or of the flesh, basically. Uh, it speaks really about moral purity here. Now, Romans 8, 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, you hear about that, that saying? That we need to set our minds on, what, on the things of the Spirit, not of the flesh. We need to keep our minds pure in that sense. So the first point here in this section is this. Think cleanly by guarding the door of your mind and only allowing things that are pure. Think cleanly by guarding the door of your mind and only allowing things that are pure. You know, if if someone came up to your door, knock on the door, and you open the door, you could tell, oh, it's this greasy-looking, shady salesman, you know, trying to peddle some stuff. And, you know, you're looking at, what what'd you do? Pick that up in the trash or something, you know, and all that. And he comes to the door, and are you going to allow him in and sit down and talk story and buy his thing? No, you're not. Or, or think about it this way. Uh, if a centipede crawls into your house, are you going to tell your wife, uh, it's okay, I'll deal with it later. No, she won't let you, right? <laughs> She'll be screaming, right? So you got to deal with it right then. So why allow impure thinking into our minds? It's only going to come out in our life. Why allow those things inside? Perhaps that's why you've been falling into temptation. You've allowed those centipede thoughts into the, through the door of your mind. You know, this evangelist from long ago, Bob Jones Sr. said, Behind every human tragedy is a slow process of evil, wicked thinking. No one ever falls into sin. They have been falling a long time. We only saw them when they landed. Sin began in their thoughts. Do you understand what's going on here? Do you understand why that is so important? I mean, I, I, I'm talking to myself too. I mean, we all have to be careful what we're allowing into our mind. Is there little centipedes crawling here and there, you know? Are, are, have we been lazy and not on guard in what we're allowing and what what is just coming into our minds? What is influencing us? So stop those impure thoughts. Stop them at the door of your mind. Battle against the sin. Battle in your mind. That's where it actually starts there, right here. Okay, now the second thing to keep in mind here, so to speak, is whatever is lovely. Think about these things. So whatever is lovely, Paul goes on in, in this second section and I made here, it speaks of a spiritual beauty. Lovely here, the word talk is speaking about the spiritual beauty, like like thoughts that are, are sweet. The, the Greek word is kind of 
speak it, it refers to something that it, or it's sweet or it's gracious or friendly that, that that's really the feel of this in other words it is not to have thoughts of like anger or hate revenge spite unforgiveness bitterness that that's not what we are to have in our minds Remember when Paul and Barnabas came to Iconium, which is in Galatia, and they shared Jesus in a synagogue. Well, some of the Jews talked a whole bunch of stink about them, uh, putting them down. They didn't like them. They didn't like that they were preaching Jesus. So they started putting them down, started rumors, saying all this stuff about them. And then in Acts chapter 14, verse 2, it says, The unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Well, that's not putting lovely thoughts, right, in other people's minds. So you you get the picture, right? So all the hatred and spite, all, all the bitterness just comes out. I mean, envy, jealousy could be thrown in all of that too. So here's the second point in this section. Think cleanly by putting the gracious and friendly thoughts into your mind. Think cleanly by putting the gracious and friendly thoughts into your mind. There's this old story of this Irish boxer who got saved. He became a preacher, this evangelist. And one day he was setting up for an outreach. And then some local, these local thugs came in. These Irish guys came to hassle him. And one of them just took a swing at him, landed a blow right on the side of this ex-boxer's face. Well, he shook it off, and he said nothing. But you know what he did? He turned the other cheek. And that same guy then took another swing and, and hit the other side of the minister's face. Well, at that, this ex-boxer preacher took off his coat, rolled up his sleeves, and said, The Lord told me to turn the other cheek. But after that, there are no other instructions. So, bam, he punched the other guy through the ground. Well... <laughs> You know what? Even preachers have areas to grow in, right? And I can understand, right? We can understand, you know, things happen that annoy us or something like that. Oh, you, you want to get back. I can understand how the old flesh can battle with what you know is the right thing to do, not get into the flesh, not give control in that way. But you know what I believe? I believe God is bringing us into a, a deeper place that even in our thoughts, those things shouldn't be there. That That's the way to battle our flesh. I believe that it's not to have those thoughts in the first place. I mean, someone does something, yeah, and we start getting these thoughts, and what? Uh, and then the emotions and the flesh start rolling in. We're like, ah. Uh. But you know what? God is saying, don't even have those thoughts in there. Don't let them in at all. Whatever's lovely, keep in there. Those things, Get them out of there. Now, in our growth in the Lord, it's good to have self-control, right? Your mind wants to do this. Your emotions, your flesh is going. That's good. Praise the Lord. We can get to a place where we want to do it, but we're holding back. Self-control, it's a fruit of the Spirit. But God wants to take us to another level. He wants us to grow more spiritually. And you know what's better than that? It's not even have those thoughts anymore. It's when things happen that we're not reacting in our mind. Maybe we're not doing it physically or outwardly, but maybe we're reacting in our mind. No, the better thing is that we're responding biblically 
even in our mind because those things aren't allowed in anymore. That's what it means by walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. It's, it's, it's more in your soul. It's more in your mind. It's more part of you in our growth in the Lord. So that no matter what anyone may do or say to us, our first thought is already there. Things that are lovely, not ugly. All right, we got to declutter your mind. We have to declutter our mind. So let's go on to number four now, our last heading. Think clearly. So number one, think carefully, we saw. Number two, think correctly. Number three, think cleanly. And now number four, think clearly. And this is the last part of this verse now. Take a look with with me here in verse 8. And it says, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So the first thing that we need to think about here in this list, in our last section, is whatever is commendable. Now the word commendable means highly regarded or well thought of. Whatever is constructive. In other words, it's a thinking that is positive and constructive, not negative and destructive. That's the idea. I mean, take a look here. Colossians 3, uh, verse 2. It says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Do you see that? We are to set our minds on, on the heavenly things, on eternal things. Our mind should be on the eternal things, not on the earthly. Not operating in that way, but operating in the way of who we are now, citizens of heaven. We, we live for the eternal. We live for heaven, not not here on this earth. So our first point here is to think clearly by seeing things with faith and hope because eternity should always be on your mind. Think clearly by seeing things with faith and hope because eternity is always on your mind. That's how Paul is saying, commendable. Keep keep that. Keep, keep what's worthy there. Keep that. Think clearly in that way. Now, I was thinking about if you don't know Jesus and, and and you don't have this hope of heaven, I'll tell you, I would be a big mess right now. In my mind, I'll be just I'll be going out of my mind during this pandemic time, right? It it it, it would be so unsettling, it'd be so hard. You'd be thinking of all these fears and all these things that can happen and the future and financially and oh what what's going to go on next and what is the government going to do you know with me and all this stuff i never got my check yet oh the stimulus check what's going and you know that would that would drive us crazy but i know where my future is and that's heaven I set my mind on things above, right? I know there's a future plan for me. No matter what happens on this earth, this is not all there is, right? We know a God who loves us. We, we, we know Jesus who died on a cross for us and proved His love for us. We know He cares for us. So we can set our mind on things above and not on just focusing on earth. We know there's hope and we can have faith. You know, if you did understand that God is at work, right, in every child of God, my mind would make my mouth say awful things about Christians around me, right? But I know we are all, quote-unquote, works, right, in progress. And we will all reach the same goal to become like Christ. 
Maybe you haven't been thinking clearly. Set your mind on things above you guys. Look at, look at what's going on through that, those lenses. Look, set your mind on things above and, and look at one another in a way that, hey, we're all brothers. We're all reaching for the same thing. Maybe you're not thinking clearly. It's time to start thinking clearly. Well, next he says here, he says, if there is any excellence, the second thing, think about these things, if there is any excellence. Now, excellence here means virtue. Uh, It means like goodness or goodness of character. And really, he's putting forth here excellence in the sense of a a high moral standard. And like in your character, you hold to a high standard, a high moral standard. So in other words, Paul's like, think thoughts that keep to this high godly standard that we find in the Word and how God wants us to live and think, basically. So our second point is this. Think clearly by holding your thoughts accountable to a high godly standard. Think clearly by holding your thoughts accountable to a high godly standard. You know, again, with this COVID-19 crisis, we are all learning to be better at hand-washing, right? (laughs) Um, uh, I remember Justin told me that if you sing Happy Birthday twice, that'll cover the 20 seconds that you're supposedly, you know, supposed to take to wash your hands. Sometimes I only say happy, no. Um, But, right, we're all learning. I mean, we, we, we have to up the standard in our hygienic, you know, uh, uh, washing of hands and all, right? Well, there is, you know what, a spiritual crisis. People are failing to up the standard of what they allow in their minds. We must hold our thoughts accountable to a high godly standard. And I, and I think as he begins to wrap this verse up and puts in excellence, all these things that he's talked about is that high standard. And so we need to do that. We need to, to take what we're learning tonight and really implement them into our lives so that just like, you know, we're getting better washing our hands, we've got to get better in, in guarding our minds. Finally, the, the last thing we see here in verse 8, he says, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So worthy of praise, it, it means anything else that is worth noting, any, anything that is valuable what's good you know that that we need to put into our minds anything that goes along with with thinking along with what god's way of thinking is basically that's it and and i know i mentioned that but but look at this verse here first corinthians 2 verse 16 the second part of this verse is we have the mind of christ paul's talking here that as believers you know God's given us His mind. God has blessed us as new creations now. So we have the mind in Christ. In other words, God through Jesus shares His plan, His purposes, His truth, His perspectives. Remember, the Holy Spirit is in us teaching us the truth, reminding us of the truth. And when we hear the truth, He witnesses in our hearts that this is true. This is God speaking. So we can and we must think the way God thinks about things in life. So our final and our third point is this. Think clearly by focusing your mind on the things that line up with God's perspectives. Think clearly by focusing your mind on the things that line up with God's perspectives. It's been well said, 
problems are opportunities in disguise. Uh, say that again. I, I think, is that on the screen? Or no, I didn't. Did I get in there? Oh, okay. Problems are opportunities in disguise. I'm keeping them on track there, so pray for them. No. <laughs> anyway, isn't that true, though? If you think about it, right? Many times God uses these physical troubles as an opportunity to spiritually grow us. Problems are opportunities in disguise. And that's the way we can look at things, right? But is that our perspective? You know, it's not always, is it? Sometimes I think, oh, problems, ah, oh, I hate this. I don't want, rather than, no, God wants to use it in my life, right? But more and more I'm trying to learn. More and more I'm trying to grow. And as I do, I'm not overwhelmed as much when the problems come. I can endure. I can, I can have that patience. I can be steadfast still, even in, in trials, as I grow here. Because I'm starting to see things differently. Because I'm putting in my mind how God sees things. So we got to think clearly and focus our mind on lining it up with God's perspective. Don't forget that. Don't forget that part that we're trying to see things and, and it, through you know our mind. We're trying to see things all around us and what we're going through through the way God is seeing us. So don't be blind to what's going on. Have God's perspective. You know, someone said, let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. I love that. That's the way to think clearly. So, what are you allowing to live in your mind? It is a battle. But we must take our thoughts and we must make them obedient. We must make our mind obedient to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5, it says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine, divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's what we got to do. We got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We've got to take our mind and let it be obedient to what, what Paul has written here, what the Word of God is calling us to do. I'll close with this. Sir John Templeton was a Christian investor, philanthropist, uh, 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 American-born British guy, and he once wrote on how we should think of, uh, of the, our mind like a garden. And it's like we're taking care of this garden. And th this is what he once wrote. If you exercise no control, it will become a weed patch and a source of shame and misery. How good is that? And then he said, if you exercise wise control, then it will be filled with God's miracles and become a place of indescribable beauty. Doesn't that make sense, you guys, that that? If we just let our mind go, it's going to be like this weed, you know, just weeds in a garden. But if we take care of those things, uh, it's going to be like flowers in a beautiful garden. Well, Templeton goes on to say this, you are free to choose which. How can you do it? Simply, for example, develop a habit of looking at each thought as you would a plant. If it is worthy, if it fits the plan you desire for your mind, Cultivate it. If not, 
replace it. I love that. Yeah. So those things that that were decluttering, you know, get them out. Yeah. Get them out and put in what is right. Cultivate those things. Then he said, "How do you get it out of your mind? Simply by putting in its place two or three thoughts of love or worship." For he says, "No mind can dwell on more than two or three thoughts at one time." I love that. That's so good. So how you get rid of it? Love God. Have thoughts of love. Have thoughts of of who He is. Worship Him of, of, of the truth. I love. This is such a good picture, and I want to just close with that 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 picture of our mind is like a garden. And so, what are you planting in it? We we need to tend to our gardens. You need to tend to your garden too, and declutter your mind. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, God. How wonderful it is, Lord, how it speaks to us, but and how deep it goes, God. Uh, it's so great that we can take one verse and just go deep into it and, and what each word is saying and what you're saying to us, Lord. And God, as we've got, gone deep into your word, may it go deep into our own hearts and minds. God, help us obey you here as you're calling us, Lord, to declutter our minds, to watch what goes in. Lord, to hold to your standards, God, and your principles, and not allow anything, not allow our flesh, or uh, not allow any um, ugly things to be in there, but only what your Spirit is giving us. So God, may we be submitted in that way, Lord, as we come to you, as we live for you, God. May we from this point on, God, as we leave this uh, study, as we uh, wake up tomorrow and on into Sunday, into the weeks, into the months, may we be aware of what we are allowing into our minds. And I thank you, God, that you have given the freedom You've given us that freedom and choice, Lord, to, uh, and the will, Lord, to, the free will, to be able to choose what we put in there. So help us, God. I pray that you protect us from Satan trying to influence and oppress us, Lord. And I, I pray that you would help us right now. In your name.